You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. WTUGHD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. A Town Square media station. One man to beat. You can forget about it. Touchdown, Alabama. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to center and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched the watch workout in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to fix it, and I run him back for the Biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning and welcome into the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 on your radio dial. The Martin Houston Show also can be seen on the Tide 109 Facebook page along with all the other uh, social media outlets on the Martin Houston Radio Network, Martin Houston fan page, Martin J. Houston personal page, Alabama Tradition, X's and O Sports, as well as Martin Houston Live on YouTube and at Martin Houston 35 on Twitter. We're live, local, and ready to get things rolling this morning. So we want to invite you to get in on the conversation at 205 342 9904. 205 342 That is the Martin Houston Show with Martin and Xavier. So let's get things rolling right out of the gate as we remind you to trust in the Lord and remember that this is a day that the Lord has made so let's rejoice and be glad in it take some time today to notice someone love someone serve someone be the difference you want to see in the world today good morning X how you doing sir good morning doing well how are you doing well doing well glad to Glad to be back for another day, another dollar, uh, and uh, it's a Monday morning, so we'll have a little Monday morning madness, uh, which includes a review of the weekend, uh, lots of things happening around the sporting world, best thing you saw this weekend, uh, and uh, of course, uh, reviewing the Alabama scrimmage and uh, breaking down uh, what Nick Saban had to say, what was the biggest surprises from what what happened over um, the weekend, and hard to believe, man. We're inside of uh, twenty days for uh, kickoff. Just, I mean, it's still hard to believe. And uh, you know, Alabama wins one, lose one, 
in the commitment uh, trail this weekend. So just a lot, lot, lots going on uh, around the Crimson Tide. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll break it down. How about you? How about you? How are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm good. Uh, you know, just excited to, as you said, getting closer to the football season, getting started. But, you know, a lot of great things happening over the weekend across Alabama sports, along with seeing some former guys in the pros get started as the preseason kicks off in the NFL. But first thing we want to talk about is the basketball team. The basketball team finished up their tour overseas with a win over China. 89 to 77. And this China team isn't any slouches. This team had several guys that had the opportunity to play in the NBA. A couple guys drafted in the second round over the years. Uh, but Brandon Miller once again put on a show, had 21 points. Namari Burton put up 13. Noah Clowney with 11 and 10. Uh, so just great things looking for. Great things looking forward to this basketball team, and they continue to show improvement so far as each game was played. Yeah, when you look at that uh, game against China, you you could say, oh, it's just another, but this this is uh, one of China's teams that they roll out there. This is a, uh international team, like the one of the teams they played with, like, with like the country's B team, you know what I mean? Like, But this, this team had some, had some players on it, and of course, they didn't blow them out like they did to other teams. You could see that the competition was clearly different when they're winning by forty points. But you know, this was a nice twelve-point win. And um, once again, what you look for in these types of things is is how are the guys playing, uh, how are they uh, positioning themselves, how are they finishing at the rim, rebounding, which absolutely killed us last year. Um, they 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 out rebounded the 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 China team. So it, it was a lot of good things happening with this basketball team and the program. And like you said, once again, Brandon Miller, um, showing that 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 that, that he he's going to carry. Looks like he's going to carry this basketball team. Um, and of course, you know uh, the. Uh, the the transfers are all making impact. I mean, it. I, I heard someone say last night they think they're just below Arkansas, uh, Arkansas, Auburn, and Kentucky. And I'm thinking, okay, wow. If if Alabama's uh, fourth best team, uh, the SEC is probably going to walk away with a title, or they'll beat each other up. Yeah, that definitely sounds like that's going to be the case especially if all four of those teams can stay healthy throughout the course of the season. The one thing I would say this team does still need to improve on is uh, three-point shooting. Wasn't necessarily pretty, only six for 32, but still been able to beat one of China's national teams by double digits on an off-night shooting at three. Let's you know how this team has improved, at least with their inside scoring and being able to, as you said, get rebounds and have second chances with uh, well, see, that, that, I think that on the nights that your rebounds are off, then that's what you got. I mean, when your threes are off, your rebounding has to be on. And last year, uh, when our threes were off, we were one and done, you know, um, one shot back to the other end. But um, um, 
you know, let's a uh, couple quick things. And then, of course, I know we're, we're letting some people get on here that want to talk about the scrimmage, of course. Um, but uh, uh, I'll ask you, have you given any thought? What's the best thing you saw this weekend? Uh, yeah, uh, talking about the preseason, got to see some Alabama guys do their thing. Uh, not a lot of news because it's the first preseason game for most teams, and so a lot of the big-name guys set out. But we got to see Jalen Hurts go out uh, his one drive against the Jets, go six or six for 80 yards and a touchdown. Love seeing him improve. You know, he's never been a guy that takes huge leaps and bounds every year, but if you go back and watch from his freshman year in 2016 to now entering his third year in the NFL, he slowly improved, and you saw that this past weekend. As I said, nice passes. His first pass of the game was a pretty rollout, uh, getting chased by former Alabama defensive tackle Quentin Williams and threw an absolute dot to Quez Watkins on the sideline, as well as B-Rob, Brian Robinson doing his thing for the Washington Commanders having 26 yards and a touchdown in the game this weekend. Yeah, uh, back to to Jalen. You know, when you look at Jalen, six for six on, on, like I said, the one drive, and they got him out of there. Of course, he was one of the – involving one of the controversial plays that that, uh, will be used as the – uh, poster boy for why the NFL shouldn't do um, shouldn't do um, preseason games, as you said. Quentin Williams was chasing him on this play, and then Quincy Williams, the older brother, uh, both playing for the Jets, uh, got a late hit on Jalen helmet to helmet, right on the sideline, and of course, uh, Philadelphia Eagles coach go off on him, but. Um, anyway, that, that, that was, that was pretty nasty. Uh, we're talking Monday morning madness review from the weekend. Of course, we're going to be breaking down the scrimmage, uh, here in a moment, just trying to get a couple other things out of the way. The best thing I saw this weekend, uh, was, um, you know, the Texans, uh, teammate, uh, you know, doing the tribute of the crane, uh, in honor of John Mechie. And then of course, uh, the two teams coming together, praying for him. Uh, I thought that was a pretty neat uh, thing. Mason, you actually did a story on that uh, as well up on Tide 109. Pretty neat to see that that happen, that moment. That was kind of one of the neat things that that I saw uh, from the weekend. What about you? Is Mason there with Hey, us? yeah, sorry, Martin. I was uh, trying to get some – get that Nick Saban cut up for you. Uh, the best thing I saw this weekend, I think I, uh, I think I have to agree with you with the, uh, with the John Messi thing. I think seeing, you know, his teammates come out there in support of him like that. And even, you know, seeing opposing teams come together at midfield just to kind of share a moment. I think that was really special. And it's, it's really cool to see them just, I don't know. It's neat to see stories like that in sports. Any, anytime there's a heartwarming thing like that, it's always good to see. A- absolutely. So that was a pre- pretty neat, you know, takeaway from, from the weekend. Uh, and uh, Mason, I know you, you you actually probably cover softball more than we do. And before we get to break here and get back on the other side, um, the uh, big news from Alabama 
uh, Alabama softball, um, losing coach pro throw, pitching coach, which, you know, of course, um, you, you have to ask your question, has have they just recruited great pitching or has coach pro throw been able to mature and develop these pitchers? Because that's been Alabama's, you know, mainstay when the hitting hasn't been there and the dominant runs hasn't been there, they've still been relevant because of the pitching. How big of a blow is this? I mean, I, I definitely think it's a massive blow to the uh, to the softball team. I think this whole off season as a whole has been a you know a, just an unfortunate situation. They've had a lot of girls transfer out, and now we have a big time coach leaving the program, which you know good for coach fan Pro, or friend Brakel Prother. I think she's getting a great opportunity to go lead Memphis. I think she's more than deserving of a head coaching job. You look at what she's done at Alabama, but. Back to your point of, you know, whether or not it's Alabama been recruiting great pitchers or whether it's been the coaching, I think there's a little bit of give and take with both there. I think they have recruited great pitchers, but I think that she has been a fantastic coach and it's definitely gonna hurt the program to lose her. I'm uh they've got a they've got a, a tall task replacing her on this staff. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. So uh I'm sure there's a lot more uh to go in in terms of what's happening in the softball world, but that is definitely a big blow as uh, Coach Prothrow heads up to um, the Memphis uh, uh, University, but Memphis to coach, uh, head coach, after 11 years on the staff and another, you know, four years as a player. So big time she's been part of the program for, you know, um, off and on for at least 20 years. So that's a big, almost 20 years, that's a big blow for the Tide, but wishing her nothing but the best. Coming back on the other side, we'll break down football. We'll get uh, you in on the conversation. We'll break down the scrimmage. Nick Saban uh, mentioning a name that none of us has mentioned on this show, local kid. Alabama also getting a three-star tackle um, with – uh, must be something special about this kid, um, Nick Saban, taking a commitment from a three-star when he already has uh, several big-time three-stars at that position. I mean, four and five stars at that position. What's special about this kid? We'll break that down. Um, and also losing a commitment to the Gators, or did we lose a commitment to the Gators, or did he just have Alabama in the list? You never know with that stuff. So lots to talk about. And we'll talk about it right here on the Martin Houston Show with Martin and Xavier. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Hot and humid today, partially sunny. The chance of a few isolated storms this afternoon or this evening. The high today, 94. Tonight's low, 71. Tomorrow, morning sunshine. A few spots could see an afternoon storm. The high, 91. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 74 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Scott Smith and Southmark Design doing business for 17 plus years, specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at southmarkdesign.com. 
the sound of Bama Sports. Your show, your team, the Martin Houston Show, on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. with Martin and Xavier. We are going to talk a little bit. Again, Curtis Lewis says that Alabama needs to hire a new hitting coach for softball. Uh, as we stated, that pitching has always been very consistent, but the bats have disappeared at times over the recent years. So I, I don't know who the softball coach is for the Batting coaches, Mason, do you know who that is? And what is your opinion on having a new hitting coach? I do not know who the current coach is at the moment, I'll be honest with you. I I think I think the hitting coach is is Coach Murphy. I think um that's that's part of what Curtis is saying is we really have not had a hitting coach, from my understanding. I don't know that uh to necessarily be the case that so Coach Murphy has hit in Alabama still um, uses kind of a uh, the majority of what they do is kind of slap. You know, the, you remember the day Mason where they, you know, especially had those left-handers. Man, they'd hit the ball, slap it, and beat you out to first base. And and then you'd have a few, you know, mix in a couple home run hitters. But if you watch the uh, World Series, the Texas and Oklahoma's, especially Oklahoma, they're just like football transition from. It's almost the opposite of football. Football transition from power running uh, in, in a power running game, big defensive lineman to finesse. Uh, base, uh, softball has kind of in some ways made a transition instead of slap hitting and they're, they're power hitting. So I guess the question becomes, and that'll answer the question, guys, is it is it is it recruiting of great pitchers or is it, as Mason said, a mix of great pitching, great pitching coach, or was it pitching coach? And will Bama, uh, I think he's saying Bama needs to try to go out and replace with uh, a hitting coach um, instead of Coach Murphy doing it. Um, and, and and then that way you'll find out uh, which one it was. But it's going to be interesting. He has a, has a chance there to, to see what he does differently um, in terms of, of softball. Hey, Xavier, I throw it back to you. All right, so we're going to move into talking about the scrimmage from this weekend. But first, we have Pat on the phone. How are you doing this morning, Pat? Morning, fellas. Hello. Uh, I went to three of Coach Ron Pope's uh, hitting camps, and I think he needs to bring in Ron Pope as a oh, just to come in and do some camps for those girls. That, uh, because they could learn a tremendous amount from Ron Pope. That, uh, even though he was you talking about a baseball coach, coach from Mississippi? Yes, sir. He was a fantastic hitting coach. And uh, might have been as good as it was as far as uh, being a hitting coach. But anyway, hey, but let's talk about just my telephone call. Uh, number one, Coach Saban is probably, this ought to, at least y'all ought to understand that Coach Saban is one of the greatest evaluators of talent 
probably in the country because he went into clear Alabama and picked us a diamond in the rough. Do y'all not agree? Yeah, yeah when I'm you assuming. look at Coach Saban and his evaluation, I don't think he gets much better than that. We've seen him take guys who were three stars that nobody else was looking at like that, and they've turned out to be first-round draft picks, All-Americans. You know, you you look at Josh Jacobs along the way, Marcel Darius, other guys, uh, Jake Pope, who I think was the lowest-rated skill player in the – 2022 class, he made a great play on an interception uh, Saturday. So his his ability to evaluate is is next level, and I don't really know if there's anyone that can touch him. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was that was kind of the, my surprise from the weekend. Uh, is um, you know we we talk a, a lot about uh, who's going to do what and what receivers you're going to do do what, and once again. Sometimes uh, us Bama folks get blinded by the local kids or blinded to the local kids, um, you know, and um, <clears throat> the, the the Prentice kid um, that, that we're talking about here is one of those Bama kids, Kobe Prentice. But here, here's the thing. Um, I don't know if Coach's, Codis is as much uh, – a diamond in the rough, um, as you think, Pat. He was a uh, he was a guy that 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 came on late, um, but Bama wasn't the first one on him. He actually had committed uh, somewhere. I can't remember who it was, and then then Saban Saban actually did what people do to Saban. Saban, uh, I can't. I don't know if it was Clemson. I can't remember who he was committed to. Uh, it doesn't seem like it was Clemson. <laughs> Maryland, Maryland, I think Maryland. it was. Huh? That's it. Uh, I, yeah, another, I great, uh, I, another great evaluator of talent that left us. Right. That's what I'm saying is is this was one of those where where he was up and coming, come up and coming, uh, and uh, and uh, but but I'm talking about us. We didn't we when we got him. We we probably looked at. I'm just talking about Bama fans in general. Sometimes when we get Alabama guys like that late, we assume it's Nick Saban making a move to get somebody else or to protect himself. But it looks like this was a legit, you know, uh, pivot by by Coach Saban. Uh, but this young man, uh, when you when you talk to Hank South about him, Hank said that he was continually rising up the chart. Uh, as he went throughout his senior season. So not a surprise, just a guy that we didn't talk about. Okay. Now, hey, let's talk about the West Coast for a second. That uh, that young man that we just brought in, the three-star y'all are talking about, hey, this guy is put together. He's 350, or well, let's, say, let's say he's huge. And they, yeah. and some services have him listed as six foot seven, but this guy Morton can pull. He has great feet, and can you imagine a, a, a six seven three hundred and fifty pounder that can pull and knock the crap out of a defensive end that weighs uh, two thirty? <laughs> okay, then uh, hey, I mean, Coach Saban has done gone out and found us a big boy. That uh, 
And uh, hey, so I think it. I think y'all are all wet on these three stars that y'all not trying to get. That uh, I'm making a joke, Martin. You know, you know, I'm big time. Yeah, I, I, uh, no, and James, no, I'm gonna tell you this, this, this guy is probably a. He's probably as far as the tackle position goes, Pat. Um, he's not a tackle. He probably is is ranked high. This guy's gonna be a guard when he gets steps foot on campus. Exactly. If he if he was if he was rated as a guard, then uh, he would be a five star probably. I mean, if he's being evaluated as a guard, then because uh, I mean, he'd be he'd be, yeah. yeah, yes, sir. And uh, anyway, and, uh, it has a whole lot to do with these uh, prognosticators that we got out evaluating talent across the country. That uh, they need they need a little work, especially on the West Coast. Hey, y'all have a well, great well, day, and go ahead. No, you, you you're fine. Thanks, Pat. Um, All right. Act, uh, as, as we talk about, you know, the, the young man uh, from from um, <laughs> California uh, it, it has six six uh, three forty five uh, tackle, um, but the, the the reality of it is, uh, as a tackle, he they may have him rated perfect, but that's also the thing that Saban does that people don't always understand. I, I like I said, I looked at the guy and I said, okay. With the tackles he has in this class, he's gonna. Alabama could end up with with um, four of their linemen being six six or taller, two or three years down the road with the class he's <laughs> he's signing next. Yeah, you, you look at this offensive line class; they are absolutely massive. You're talking about Wilkin Formby, the local kid from Northridge High School, standing at six seven. 300. You look at Olaf Ailing, the big uh, foreigner, 6'6", 325. Raquez McEldery, 6'3", 345. Miles McVeigh, 6'6", 350. Ryan Polito, 6'6", 340. These guys are massive. And just to show that Coach Saban is putting emphasis back on getting big and, and mean on that offensive line, is is very impressive, and I don't know if there's been a signing class Alabama has that can compare to this one. Yeah, it's a bunch of big boys. Circle back real quick to to the scrimmage. Mason, uh, we, we didn't get your thought. On, on the Kobe Prentice thing, five catches, I mean, you know, he, he's a speed guy, and and so even though, you know, you have to always take, you know, some of the results – uh, in the scrimmage as what they are, and and he, he chances are Kobe was was going unless he's already running with the first and second team, he may have been going against either the first D or he could have been going against the third D. You know what I mean? Like like based on where he's at on the depth chart, if he's on the second rotation, he was going against the first D. Uh, if he's third on the rotation, he was going against the third team. Either one of those says the following. If he's going against the first D, then he's going to quickly find himself in the rotation. If he's going against the third D, uh, Saban is going to reward him, and he's going to find himself promoted um, up the depth chart. And or the fact that he's a speedster, he'll be returning kicks or have an opportunity to return punch or something. Uh, so that, that'll be huge. 
All right. Uh, let's go ahead and get the break here. Um, thanks for being a part of the Martin Houston show. Coming back on the other side, we'll talk more about uh, the scrimmage and what we saw there and any other comments you may have uh, that you'd like to add to the conversation. You can do that at 205-342-9904. on the Alabama One Hotline. This is a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 Sports Update. With your Tide Sports Update, I'm Mason Woods. Alabama softball assistant Stephanie Van Brakel Prothro is set to become the next head coach at Memphis. Van Brakel Prothro has spent the last 11 seasons on staff as the pitching coach and has led some of the best in program history. The Crimson Tide men's basketball team wrapped up its European tour this weekend, defeating the Chinese national team 89-77. Alabama finishes the trip undefeated, taking down all three teams by a double-digit margin. This has been a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 Sports Update. Run it again! For more info on these stories and more, download the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we start our Monday morning with a pretty nasty wreck on US 11 northbound. It's just above exit 79, above the service stations, major debris on the roadway, and you can expect significant delays. If you need a new vehicle, then you need to go to Townsend Nissan, home of the lifetime powertrain warranty on both new and used vehicles. I'm Captain Ray. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their team. Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said, it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn, which we can customize to meet your needs. Or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com. That's peptalks35.com. Or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Interact with the Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904. Or tuning into the Martin Houston Show on Facebook. All 
Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show. We've got some quick audio from Coach Saban and the cornerbacks and how they performed this weekend. All right. Uh, while Mason's getting that audio piped up, um, I've got it ready whenever y'all are ready. Huh? Do I what? said I've got it ready whenever y'all are ready. Sorry about that. It just takes a second to get things switched over. Uh, oh, that's okay. That's okay. Um, the um, th- uh, lots of things happening um, in, in the scrimmage this past weekend, and uh, you look at it from a, uh, you know what group. I, I, it's really hard to say what group is is the deepest, um, but but I guess I'd have to start making an argument for um, the safety position, which is a position we really a guy. You know, there's a name I don't think I've mentioned his name all summer, uh, and that's Demarco Hellams. Like I totally forgot about him being back there. I've been talking about Jordan Battle and. Uh, and Branch and Malachi and, and 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 maybe a couple other guys jumping in there, but I'm gonna tell you, I, I love the way Helm plays. Helm is is still kind of the head hunter, uh, physical uh, guy back there um, with, with Battle and Helm's man. Those two guys to lay some lumber. Yeah, and he's earned a nickname from Battle and some of the other guys uh, at Hitman Helm. So. That just lets you know how they feel about him and what they think he brings to the team. So yeah, definitely find uh, it. Do what now? No, just it, it's exciting when you when you think about this how his teammates are talking about him because he is a guy who had the opportunity to even go into the NFL draft, but decided to come back. Didn't want to go out that way with the loss of Georgia in the national championship game. So just that that level of experience and his ability to lay the lumber, as they all say, is going to be big for this Alabama defense as well. Yeah, and think about, um, you know, like I said, I hadn't even really thought about him in in terms of, um, you know, uh, in in terms of his play. I just, I I guess it just kind of slipped my mind uh, and, and, uh, he was playing better down the stretch, and both of those guys are, are, are seniors. You know, uh, very seldom does Bama have four-year guys at the same position. You know, uh, and so yeah. uh, with that, you know, the, all of the things that safeties have to learn to do. You know, from the communication side of things, and 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 getting guys in the right place, and all of that. Uh, these guys should be really, really good at that. And then they're both ball balls and ball players. I mean, they both uh, have good ball skills, but they're also both physical. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if this tandem doesn't become uh, one of Bama's best tandems. Yeah, when you look through the years, the the tandem that I look at that they could be the most like even though they're different builds, it's probably old school. You're looking at that 2011 defense that had Mark Barron and Robert Lester. Both of those guys were four-year players, Barron being a senior, Lester being a redshirt senior. So I, I think that's the level of experience that you have at that position. 
Yeah, and as you said, a little different style um, uh, in, in terms of that. But a, a, a very interesting um, day from um, from from the scrimmage has to be what happened with the other, uh, you know, grouping uh, that we call DBs, and that has to be the cornerbacks. Let's see what Coach Nick Saban had to say about the cornerbacks after Saturday scrimmage. Um, you know, Kool Aid did okay. Um, Jerry Arnold has done a really good job so far in camp. Uh, Eli Ricks is still trying to learn, you know, the defense. We can go out there and play with confidence. You know, Kyrie is out, so he didn't participate today um, with a little bit of a groin injury uh, that hopefully won't keep him out long. And so, you know, the, some of the young players are, you know, coming along. We moved Antonio Kite to corner, which I think is a natural position for him, and he's done a pretty pretty good job there. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure that if you ask them, that I'll say there's things they can need to improve on. When I watch the film, I'm sure I'm going to be talking to them about what they need to improve on as well. But I think the big thing is, is keep people cut off. Don't give up big plays. That's That's got to be a critical piece for what we have to do you know, at the corner position. Yeah, when you listen to Coach Saban say that, the thing he didn't mention was who ran with the ones, which was Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terry and Arnold because Kyrie Jackson was out with a minor groin injury. So Terry and Arnold run with the ones. Eli Ricks was running with the twos, which is very interesting. Now, there's been rumors that uh, Ricks has struggled to – to take grasp of the defense and things of that nature. But that also lets you know how Terry and Arnold has been one of those guys we've talked about throughout the offseason, saying, hey, he needs to be on the field. they got to find a place for him to bring his talent and playmaking ability and use it. So I thought that was surprising, at least, of the scrimmage outside of Kobe Prentice being the, the wide receiver mentioned. Yeah, when you think about uh, DBs and – uh, uh, I'm sure DC can't wait to get on here tomorrow because uh, Terran Arnold was one of his uh, candidates for breakout players uh, as far as um, this season. Uh, and, and if you look at that, the fact that Kyrie Jackson, which uh, guys, who 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 are the three top three DBs in your in your mind coming into to spring uh, summer? Kool-Aid, Ricks, and Kyrie. What about you, Mason? Same three or different? No, I, I think I like that three. Yeah. So so if if Kyrie's out and Terry on Arnold is the, the, ne the next corner up, where does that tell you Ricks is performing at? He's the fourth corner, right? Um uh, you know what's disappointing when you listen to that, has to be the description Nick Saban got. Did you pick up what he said? He, he he said he's has he's still struggling to learn, so he can play at a confident level. Now, you have to ask yourself, 
what what does that mean? Is that um, him struggling to play uh, and and learn, or is that the complexity of this Bama defense? And we've seen this happen before. We've seen corners, you know, be really good here at Alabama and go to the pros and become all world uh, um, because of the technique. Uh, so is Ricks struggling some because he's having to learn to play differently? I know Curtis Lewis had had defined, defined I think described him said he's a ball hawk uh, and he'll play the ball. Is that getting him in trouble with the Nick Saban style of defense, Xavier? Yeah, it definitely could be. Especially, that's what he was known as at LSU, and that's why a lot of Alabama fans were excited to get him because of his playmaking ability. But was he learning a defense at LSU, or was he going out there and just using his raw talent? And that makes you question, is he capable of learning the Alabama defense if he's never had to learn truly learn a defense before? Yeah, so Alabama's defense can be, you know, complex – uh, and, uh, and, uh, or not. And, uh, you know, and so, uh, that, that's going to be interesting, interesting to see. Um, of course, Curtis Lewis said Rick's never practices well. And, and we actually talked about that. Can he practice good enough to get on the field? Um, because there are some guys, man, and that's, and that's, and that's unfortunate. There are some guys who just, they 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 need the lights. They need the glamour. They need the glitz for you to see the best of them. And, and sometimes they don't ever get to get to the 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 glamour, the glitz, and the lights because they don't practice well. But but to me, not practicing well and not knowing the defense could be two different things. So you have to try to read between the lines. Is it the fact that Nick Saban said? learn it to the point that he can play consistently and with confidence. Does that mean that he knows the defense, uh, Xavier Mason? Does that mean he knows the defense? He's just not sure if he knows the defense. Because Nick Saban said so that he can play with confidence, which means that it may be as much in Rick's head uh, as it is anything. He definitely could be out there second-guessing himself when it comes to knowing where to be, knowing when to let the guy go and play the flash and things of that nature. And that also could be attributed to his play style, being a ball hawk, not taking chances in this Alabama defense when it's not built for that. Yeah, Mason, you have any thoughts on that before I uh, close out this segment? Yeah, I think uh, I think there's a lot to that. I think Nick Saban, you know, you've heard in the last few years, especially, really kind of highlight in these press conferences the, uh, you know, the anxieties and the kind of fears that these new players have coming into this program, where you know they're coming into a program that's established. They're coming in. I mean, they're coming into Alabama. You know, you this isn't a place where you just come in and take over day one. So I'm sure there's a lot of things that kind of, you know, a lot of things running through his head about, you know, oh, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, things like that. You know, so. I think just the the anxiety of kind of being a new player here is is probably wearing on him a little bit, and I think we'll see that start to wear off as we get further and further into fall camp. Yeah, and that and that's the key is uh, he didn't he didn't seem to say anything negative about him not being able to play. He said so that he can play 
with confidence, which tells me that it's probably as much about Rick out there second guessing. But, you know, the other part is um, a guy like him that doesn't learn that, that discipline. Uh, you can get him on double moves and things like that. So you wonder, wonder what about his game that he's struggling with? Is it, is it, you know, and, and, and I'm going to tell you guys, just being honest, it frustrates me to see our DBs run down the field. Cause it's like the ball's in the air and they're still looking they're still looking. And then they turn around the last minute and you can't complain with the results, but I'm not sure the results wouldn't be better if we taught better ball, you know, skill, if that makes sense, if we played it differently. Um, and the reason this works, uh, I tell you what, let's go to break here uh, and come back and pick up on that conversation. Is this one area, is this DB conversation, the way, way we do our DBs and train our DBs to play the ball, do we need to relook at that because of how the college game has changed? We'll talk about that on the other side, right here on the Martin Houston Show with Martin and Xavier on Tide 100.9. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good Monday morning. Tomorrow night, the Tuscaloosa City Council is expected to vote on the University of Alabama's request to sell liquor at on-campus athletic events. A public hearing on that request set for 6 p.m. in City Hall's Council Chambers. District 4's Lee Busby expects opposition from some residents of the historic district adjacent to the west side of Bryant Denny. Pending approval, the final hurdle will be getting the Alabama Alcoholic Control Board's okay. Don Hartley, Townsquare Media, Tuscaloosa. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Carving can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom shaped stone. Then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LLC. Keep it locked into Tide 100.9 for more of the Martin Houston Show with Martin Houston and X's and O's Sports, Xavier Houston. Well, uh, it really is hard to evaluate, but uh, I thought the first offensive line was improved. I thought that second offensive line struggled, struggled in protection, struggled to run the ball. But I, I was encouraged by the running backs and some of the plays that they were able to make, some of the runs that they were able to run. So I would say all in all, I was I thought the first line made some improvement. I thought the second line struggled a little bit at times, but I think every unit uh, had its ups and downs. And I think that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about maintaining consistency. 
All right, that is Coach Nick Saban, greatest coach in the land, talking about the first scrimmage and O-line conversation we're going to get to in a moment and carry it over into tomorrow. If you're just now joining us, we've had several conversations to talk about today, but the last thing we were talking about was our defensive backs and their struggle, uh, maybe uh, Ricks and others, maybe based on the technique that we teach as much as anything. Um, and, and what I mean by that is if you're out there right now, raise your hand, man. If you like think, turn around, turn around as the ball's in the air and our DBs are just running, watching that helmet. And you're like, turn around, the ball's coming. And then at the last minute, they knock it down, which a lot of those knockdowns would be safety. And that worked extremely well, X and Mason. Um, but Curtis Lewis says, our DB teaching is antiquated. Ricks has a problem with terminology, especially in zone discipline. Yep, I would say that he has a struggle with that. And we, and like I said, we may even have to carry this conversation over to tomorrow, X. But, but the way we play now has the fact that the quarterback position evolved so much to the level that if you learn Saban's technique, you can be really good uh, at stopping any pass plays. And that's why you see sometimes Alabama guys, as they get older and mature, and by the time they're in their second, third year in the pros, they become like Kareem Jackson. They get better as they age because they're learning a very difficult technique. But the yeah. college quarterbacks – have now got to the point, man, where they're throwing dimes and back shoulder passes and dropping it in where you used to not play at that level in college. So it worked. Does 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 anything need to happen in terms of the DB play? I mean, coaching and technique. I I think they just need to be taught to keep your head on the swivel. I know that you're taught to watch the eyes, watch the hands of the DB of the wide receiver. And it just seems like Alabama's DBs don't turn when that wide receiver makes that move, makes that slight adjustment when the ball is in the air. And I think that's where the biggest struggle is. Well, well, well I think they're taught a little different. I think they're, I, I, I think they're looking at the head, right? And, and if I know when, I, if I know the timing of the route, I don't have to turn my head till what? Till last minute. And so. Uh, as you're watching, it's like, okay, he's going up for the ball. He's got his hands out. You need to adjust. <laughs> and we, we don't seem to do that. So uh, it, it's, it's, I don't know exactly how you modify it, uh, Mason, but, but the key is, is the quarterback play changed so much at the college game that is that why, you know, sometimes like the, the, the plays where we seem to get beat, uh, a lot. We seem to be in a good position. We just don't make a, a quick enough play on the ball. Yeah, I mean, that I definitely think you know. I, I do think that happens sometimes. I think when we when you look at kind of the evolution of the quarterback, you know, you've got a lot more guys now that are that are throwing their receivers open. You know, using their arm right. to to throw guys open. So. I, I can imagine if you're a if you're a corner if you're a safety you know whoever that's pretty hard to defend against if you've got a guy who is not only trying to beat you you know the receiver trying to beat you but you've got a quarterback who's trying to beat you with his arm as well so I think that I think that we probably will start to see if we haven't already started to see you know a sort of shift in the the 
mentality of quarterback coaching. Yeah, and, and when, when you look at it, X, and I'll let you respond, then we'll get ready to get out of here. But you look at the maturation of uh, of the quarterback position uh, and the fact that our – and it's not that the technique doesn't work because you got guys in the pros that play it. It's just can you learn it to the level to be as proficient as you could be? Could, could you teach a different technique? The thing of it is, will you be better prepared for the pros? And that's the question I don't know. And I know Nick Saban has stuck with it, and we've had some great results. But I always go, man, dang, sometimes it looks like we could be even better at DBs and we could have a lot more interceptions. That's when you look at the guys that can get it and get a hold of it and learn it, I think I think that's enough. Because, as you said, we have seen great results from the guys who – who do get it, who can learn it. You look at a Trayvon Diggs, uh, a Patrick Sertan, or Marlon Humphrey. Levi Wallace was a walk-on who was able to get it and grasp it and has now turned it into a lengthy NFL career. So as far as the guys that can get it, man, they get it and they're great once they get it. So I, I don't know if I really would change anything because of the results we have seen. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs did not get it here. That, I mean, I, Trayvon Diggs was, I mean, he got it at the pros, it clicked, but here he struggled to me as a DB. Of course, part of that was, especially last year, he was trying to make sure he didn't get hurt and he wouldn't hit nobody, but <laughs> but he was always a ball hawk. I will give him that. So, but hey, listen, we're going to talk more about that. We can talk more about the DBs. You heard that audio clip from the offensive lineman, uh, Saban saying some things about first team, you know, doing well. Second team struggling. Well, they were going against the best defense in the country, so maybe, maybe not. We'll, and we'll figure out who was in that first rotation, second rotation. We'll talk about – he's talked about the running back play. We'll add all of that to the conversation on tomorrow. We'll add D.C., Capstone Report, to the conversation. And we will continue to cover the Alabama Crimson Tide right here on the Martin Houston Show. Ruin this trust in the Lord always. Lean not your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. Road Tide out there, everybody, and go check out Alabama One in one of our branch locations in alabama1.org.